Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast with your hosts, Ramsey Rutschke, Riley Rutschke, and Sean Morris. Welcome back to another lovely episode of the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. We are here with the boys. How are we doing? Doing doing damn fine. Oh, not so bad. We're Super here great. for our favorite Waltant Chronicle episode. Say this what? week, this week, gentlemen, the topic for discussion. Can, you, that, can you give me a little bit more? Uh, oh, oh, whoa! Um, so always got to be fucking. It's British April. Right. It's April, right? Which for us is preparation season. It's uh, Ramsey and I are like deep, deep, deep into calorie deficit, working out. And like trying to be in shape as we like in as much shape as we can for this fall. So my story topic for you guys this week is I want to know the hardest like hunting outdoor adventure whatever experience you've ever had like the hardest hike like the hard like the time where you thought like you might kick the kick the bucket to get back oh, home mm-hmm. because we're lock. we're in preference we're oh my god. I, Say that again. Let's preface, <laughs> Let's preface this. <laughs> we're, we're, in pre- we're preparing. Pre- per- Bro, it's just like second. It's second nature for me to just hit that word now. It's like it's my go to. Definitely making you a t-shirt. Um, but no, we're like this two. is the season for us. Like we're uh, archery. Like literally, practice starts for us. Like for right now, mm-hmm. we don't even know if we do our bolt eggs yet. But we're boom. It's archery. Time. We're gonna be prepared. For when we do draw our build eggs. 100%. And it's working Absolutely. out. And Matt just actually made us a really lovely, like, low-calorie kielbasa meal, and it was delicious. It was a uh, it was a nice, refreshing, like, because uh, we've been meal prepping for a week now, and I only, I eat it cold. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how. Like, he's so, he's ugh, a Lasagna sick and Greek yogurt. He just, oh. and and spinach, and he just eats it all. He mixes it all up and eats it cold. I, I just don't like Blech. the micro, microwave food taste, dude. It's like, I don't, I would rather it, eat it, it cold. It tastes the same. You need to get a new wave oven. Hey, hey, yeah. there you Put go. The back, that's yeah. back to our topic we had, what, like two weeks ago, where you were like, what household kitchen item does everybody need that Bull Mountain Brothers could partner with? <laughs> You, you can make oven. something that's not that doesn't make food have the microwave taste, right? You gotta come up with it. No, we just have our own air fryers, the Bull Mountain Brother air fryer. <laughs> I don't know, dude. But uh but yeah, so like I wanna know I wanna know the story where you were like like you didn't know if you were making back you were gonna make it back that night, it was that hard. So are we starting around the table or are we gonna do a different different strategy here? I think uh new guy goes first. I think ladies first, so let's let's uh let's let I, I think a celebrity like Chumley should go first. Mm. Yeah, I don't I think you've gone last every time. No, I went last last time, but I'll follow you. I got two stories actually. Well, my, story, for one. my story is gonna piggyback off of um the story Josh told last week about the um the his spot bull that I was placed in the right spot, but I walked away, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna give you the before that. And the after. Oh, man. Was that really the hardest thing I've ever been on? <sighs> do, 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 <laughs> I, uh, do, I'm trying do, to decide. Do. Like, I'm trying to think of like if that was the, the hardest hike I've ever been on. Uh, I don't know if it has. So been. I suppose we better start with Matt and let Riley sit in his thoughts. Are you ready? Let me sit. So my hardest story was I must have been about 14 at the time. Okay. So 
Mid 1900s. Pretty much. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ramsey. <laughs> it was early 90s anyway, way before your time. But I went to a place up past mom and dad's place called Whiskey Cooley. And I was hunting and mostly just looking for coyotes and just walking after school, got up there. And <clears throat> I shot at a coyote and thought I hit it. It was over on a little island, had a 22. Walked across there, it was only about knee deep at the time. Walked across winter time, November, December, and uh, got over on the island. Missed him. Couldn't, couldn't find blood, couldn't find nothing. A lot of snow on the ground. Came back across and I slipped, fell in the water. That's probably a two mile hike back to mom and dad's place. And I was walking and the wind started blowing and I got to where I couldn't walk no more. Couldn't get one foot. I started freezing my. My Levi's were freezing to my leg. Oh, my God. So I finally got in the river, uh, what they call um, the swirl hole, which is just above the island where you guys hunt at. I got in the water and I had to float down the river to where the boat dock is now. Got out of the water, ran as fast as I could to mom and dad's house, made a really hot bathtub and stripped down and got in that thing, came flying out of there and screaming because it was so hot, burning my legs. And Dave came upstairs wanting to know what was going on and pissed off, you know. And uh, But that that was probably my scariest and longest trip I've ever had. That sounds Jeez, terrible. Sounds it does. That sounds much closer what were to the, death. What were the temperatures outside? It was probably in the 20s. Jeez. Oof. What was going through your mind that whole time you were floating down that river? <laughs> the fact that dad was going to kick my ass for leaving <laughs> the 22 on the bank. Death is not in the question. I'm just more worried about dying. Another question. You, you went back and got it, right? Yeah. My dad, went. we went up in the jet boat and picked up the rifle. It was just a little 22 single shot. But but yeah, that was my longest walk home. Oh, jeez. Ramsey? Oh, yeah. I got a good one. So let me think. It was about three years ago. I was hunting with my good friend Landon and his dad. Who the hell else was there? I think it was just us. Oh, and uh, it's not pertinent to yeah. Anyway, so we have this hill where we hunt that I've referred to before called Hell Hill, and it sucks. I mean, even Sean, who's in shape, is like, "Wow, this is well." What is it like? Fifteen hundred feet and about. Or no, it's like, excuse me, it's 1,500 feet straight up. Yeah, and you go like you 1,500 feet and a quarter mile. If you were to walk forward, you'd be going like 10 feet mm-hmm. <laughs> like if, to get to where you're at, but you have to go. Like, there's some spots where it's almost easier to walk on all fours. So anyway, this is opening morning of elk season. And can, we, Sorry to interrupt you, but can you explain like why you go up that, like what it is? Okay, so it's kind of like, it's a giant mountain above a big like prairie flats area and it's got a creek that runs through it and opening day when you have because it's public land so you have a lot of pressure down low and we always just go up there first thing in the morning because everything pushes up to the top of that and you just kind of sit there and wait and so we go up there and oh hell it was dark most of the way up and we're sitting there i'm just freezing my ass off and i laid down and I was looking at my buddy Landon, and we were just kind of sitting there bullshitting or whatever. And all of a sudden, I see his eyes get really big. He's like, elk. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm like, I can't do anything because I'm faced the opposite direction. And I was like, how many is there? He's like, just one. I was like, all right, fucking shoot it. You know, you got a shot. 
he uh about five seconds later he shoots it drops this cow right as he shoots i roll over and see this six by six bull and like six other cows come out of the trees right where that cow was he's like oh i didn't see him i didn't see him i was like it's too late Uh, i ran after him and here come these other hunters they had seen him go down already well anyway so we we cut it in half and we figured i take one half you take the other half and it sucks taking anything down that hill because i mean you pretty much just roll it down the hill and walk to it and roll it down the hill we get about halfway down and his dad was in another spot and i mean we're mile and a half from the truck and then it's another two miles to him he calls us halfway down this hill and he's like hey i got a cow <laughs> like oh fuck so we haul his all the way down to the pickup and get it loaded and i'm just pouring sweat because it's i mean it's opening weekend a rifle it's still you know 70 some degrees outside and we walk all of the two miles over there and then we get over there and this gal that you know small world his my buddy's dad had known that gal she had shot a cow too so now we're hauling two elk out of this spot hiding it two miles back to the truck and we finally get everything back i'm pretty sure i slept for the rest of the day that was that was so much walking i mean they even had carts and stuff but it's just like i mean there was i think there was four of us i feel like i feel like hell hill on its own is like because I've never been up there when we've we've harvested something. Right. But I feel like you have to weigh that option of, do I try and trek this thing down the hill or do I go the, I mean, that's got to be, you what, four, four miles from probably where we sit on top so to go all the way down to that flat and come out? If you take the easy way, you have to cross the creek. Right. But it's three and a half miles to go the long, easy way. Or it's like three quarters of a mile to a mile to just say fuck it and go down this steep ass hill. I mean, you're that'd be a tough decision to make. Well, it's even hard too because <laughs> yeah. it's like, could you even could you even gutless method it to go straight down the hill with it? Because you'd have all this on your pack, you'd be like so vulnerable to to tipping over and going down the hill with right. The, with I the think. I mean, the true- hindsight looking at it, I kind of wish we'd have just quartered it out and left all the stuff that we didn't. Because if we right. straight up cut it in half, the normal, half, the normal, we should have like, cut the head off. Nothing. I mean, it's just a cow or boned it or boned it yeah, out boned or whatever. It out and done. Hindsight, I probably would have done that. But I mean, I honestly like I grabbed the hind legs and I just rolled it down the hill as far. That, that was the most tender meat. By the time it got <laughs> to the bottom of that, yeah, it tastes well, like a fucking dirt patch too. And the thing is, though, it's like it's not like the hell hills. Like it's not an easy walk because it, there's still trees everywhere. Oh yeah, it's, it's got loose timber. rock too. Oh yeah, kind of. Right, my, you get the patches where it's kind of gravelly. Yeah. I watched Riley fall down that in the snow. Well, one see, time. I I will say like I wish I had that hill every day to like get in shape with because it'd be sick i mean it'd be tough as hell especially like it would take you a month to just have calves ripped beyond belief oh i that know it's ridiculous but ramsey and i we uh see i'm not even gonna tell the story because i was actually going to tell my own hell hell hell, hell, hell story so i'll wait till it's my turn yeah but <laughs> all in all that was definitely the most drained i've ever been in a hunting situation what was it me is it you yeah it's you know, okay yeah, yeah. So I snaked the last position. He did. So my, that's does. kind of a big it move was his on plan me. in the beginning. 
So this one I can be... think of. Sorry to interrupt you. Like I literally <laughs> just talk. I just cocked that soap oh, bad. You're good. All right. What do you gotta go say? Ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. You want me to go? No, Are you filibustering <laughs> Sean right now? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so mine would actually be my very first time ever carrying a rifle and holding a tag in my pack in really? my entire life. Yeah. And so we went up, uh, Western Montana, just my buddy and I, he'd hunted up in this area forever. And I, I've talked a little bit about this area on the podcast before. There's like four main mountain ranges that you want to, or mountain tops that you really want to get to. And we made a plan because Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation owns a plot of land that gives you access to get into it. And so we parked there, but it's still, I mean, even to get in any frugal hunting areas, four and a half miles. So you're just, you know, head down cruising just to get to the, somewhere to hunt and you're trying to get in there early. And so we went in, he knew, he knows the area well. And so we couldn't really had a good, we had a good plan exactly what we were going to do. And so we, we just, you know, started moving across the Creek. I mean, four or five times. And we got to a spot, I think we were six miles in at lunch. We stopped in a spot we called a meadow and ate lunch. Hadn't seen shit all day. Nothing. Kept going. And instead of kind of doing like a good beeline to a spot we wanted to go, we kind of just did this <laughs> for some reason. Right. Cause we were like, Oh, well, you know, let's move over there and check it out. Let's check it out. And I mean, I'm not kidding you. It was deep, deep snow. I mean, you're crossing the Creek, your feet are cold and it just felt, it felt like it was never going to end. And I think we finally made the plan around two o'clock to start heading back. And which was a stupid idea. Cause I mean, we were probably yeah, six and a half miles in. I mean, that's a long ways to try and cover what you get three hours of daylight left. We got about two miles from the truck and I remember I was going down, it was kind of rolling hills once he got on the flats. And I f seriously got to a point where I slid down one of the hills and said, this is where I'm going to die. Really? I'm not, I can't get up. It's like, it's just not happening. My legs were jello. I mean, you're carrying everything on your pack. I didn't even have an animal on my back. Yeah, that's brutal. And we got about a mile from the truck. I sat down, ate some cold SpaghettiOs, tried to get a... Mm, I had <laughs> fuck with that. Tried to get a good... Energy boost in. And I mean, we both looked at each other. We're like, this was pointless. I mean, Did you have enough water? I had, I had a camelback, but I think I ran out probably four miles from the truck. So, I mean, I, the last four. That's tough, dude. When you don't have like that, that water spike or uh, like a sugar spike from something, like when you start getting to that low sugar point, like that's when it's really like hard to, to get up and move. I mean, besides right. the fact you've overuse the oxygen in your leg muscles already but right i mean it, the dumb thing was is we we saw tracks like elk tracks tried to follow them we didn't even see a single animal all day and i mean it's just another another example of persistence in hunting because i mean like it's not like we both still don't love it but i mean we the last mile i mean we looked at each other like this is this is dumb i mean we've gone so far felt felt like for nothing and i mean we got back to the truck and i fell asleep in my truck before i even turned the thing on i believe it passed out 
And then we did you wake up pretty sore. Oh yeah. And the next day we got up and did it again. Not as far, but we still went back to the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. No, fuck me. So how many miles total do you think you did? In two days, probably. Probably 16. Do you think you uh, had a harder time because of the snow levels and the temperatures? Or do you think you would have like, it would have been harder if it was hot out? No, it was definitely the snow. Cause I mean, if you're up there, I mean, it's the, the farthest mountain is like, I mean, it's pretty prime elk, elk country up there and it's like seven or eight from where your truck is just wow. to get to the base. And I mean that you're still going up to get the glassing points and we couldn't even get back there. That's, that's part of the reason why we did like figure eight almost is cause we got close to where we could start getting into that mountain. But I'm talking, the snow was up to your hips. Yeah. And I mean, this was in the middle of rifle season. So it's kind of like if you ever, and you don't really experience this. Well, you might because of fishing. Um, but like Ramsey and I used to do some, some waterfowl hunts where you'd have to like literally hike in the water for a mile and like that shit, it, just like the snow. I, I'm imagining like it's a similar situation where it just like on your hips and stuff, it just like the resistance kills you so much right. faster than you would be. You're probably almost happy you didn't shoot something. <laughs> well, no, because the literally two weekends after that, I think it was last weekend, my but we went up there and my buddy shot a bull. Really? And it, I didn't even care that we were hiking out five and a half miles. Like you're excited with it. Like, yeah. Holy shit, you know. Dude, elk are one of those magical things that once they're on the ground, like you just your mind just changes like that little bit of extra oomph to get out. Right. And I mean, like I've told Ramsey this before and he's called me fucking crazy, but like, I almost love the, that like having to hike out even without harvesting an animal. I love that part of hunting. Yeah. Like the camaraderie that comes with, you know, a group of four dudes just hiking out of it somewhere. Well, and, and we've talked about that before. Like those are more memorable experiences than the good days. Yeah. Right. And like I have, I, we have a spot with that same buddy that's, kind of over more south from there that i mean it's just to get up there uh, up to the top to hunt like four miles and we always made this thing where because his dad showed us that spot and his dad took us there the first time but we made a we made a deal that we would every single time we went up there we have one of those little bottles of jameson and no matter if we shot something or didn't we finished that little bottle on the way the four and a half mile downhill hike out just sitting there i love little stuff like that little like uh, family traditions for, yeah. for like little, it's so, like when we go snowmobiling, the, uh, the guys will go, it's just, it's like you bring a pack of fireball shots. When you get tired, you just shoot, shoot a fireball shot. But you definitely don't do that in snowmobile at the same time. No, I'm talking about like when you stop to like right. pack up for the day. I just <laughs> prefacing that. I didn't want people thinking we were taking a shot. Well, 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 if you guys ever watched Dave, like you've got it with Dave now. Yeah. He always carries those receive cups in his pocket. I mean, he always has that or Snickers. Oh yeah. And he just packed in that little flask inside the I back pocket. What, but tell you what, Heath bars, they go a long way. <laughs> dude, I remember that. You guys like Heath bars, dude? No, I didn't so think we that's were hunting. Worst. I don't remember where it was. It might have been the bowl spot. But Sean's like frantically digging through his backpack. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, dude, I can't find my Heath bar. <laughs> Are you a big Heath Bar guy, Sean? I fucking love Heath Bars. Heath are Bars are the bomb. They're really? so good. See, like, well, especially the little fun size ones are the best. Well, and the problem with Heath Bars, though, it's like they're so good, but after you eat them, you're like... Right. They don't come out of your teeth. Yeah, trying to get see, them out. The, the Rudgeke family is a big Snickers family, dude. Oh, yeah, like, what are our backpacks? I've never liked Snickers. If I don't Warren know. Paul, but it's weird. Oh, I, no, Dave's a Snickers guy, but 
But years ago, and Butterfingers, he's fucking all of a sudden a Butterfingers guy. But you'd be like digging through the closet, and you'd like go to put on a coat, and there'd be a bag of Snickers inside the sleeve of a coat, you know, <laughs> that he hid there like, like the year before, Have you know, you like met, he's like a squirrel. Yeah. Have you guys ever met somebody that like loves a certain thing on food? so much that they bring them and they always have them in little like I, I went to dinner with a guy i don't I, are you talking about like the, the tabasco people that keep like the yeah little? stuff like that i went to dinner with a guy that i met that night and never <laughs> uh never talked to him or seen him since but the guy carried a little bag of like chopped up portobello mushrooms with him and he put like we went out to i think we were at like all Touch. applebee's or something something like that and he literally got like pasta and poured his shredded portobello mushrooms on it and i was That's like wild dude. Dude. i was in uh committed west virginia on a boy scout trip and there was one of the leaders walking around he had a leather holster for his thing of tabasco yep yep i was just thinking about that dude wow i can i don't know if i can like i always be thrown off when some dude just whips out of a, a tabasco thing like dude what like what tabasco i'm not that, that good? committed like i can eat food without no i make amy carry a little bottle of that all pioneer purse all the time when we go out yeah you Why don't want to have it put it in your purse <laughs> well you know <laughs> all right so a little bit of what sean said i want to touch on when we're done here that's why i brought this up so i want to go back to kind of like like when i'm done with my story the reason i brought this up i'm gonna i want to hit you guys up with some questions so i um i want to do like two and a half stories oh god I, but they're very short i just want to talk about like so I have a Hell Hill story, and then I want to kind of tell my version of I don't know, I kind of just tapped into it when Josh told the story last time. But you guys have Hell Hill, right? And then there's this Josh's spot. Josh's spot is probably three times as as much. It's awful. It's uh, and to get in there, uh, well, let's let's just talk about how how it how it goes. You park the truck at this gate, then you walk about. I don't know, 300 yards till you get to the bottom of this hill and then switchbacks for going straight up for a mile, mile and a half. It's brutal. And to get in here, I strapped my bow to my pack. So I was packing my bow and then all my gear with it. And all I know is like, I was trying to push hard because I was with two guys that were like, definitely like super fit. And like by the time I got up there, I was like already, I was already like, well, I'm pretty much wiped for the day. And, but we got sat down. I don't know. Even when you get up there, like it's another, it's another like half a mile past. Like once you get to the top, it's another half a mile to get toward the Elkar. But, uh, I just remember like we sat down. I was like, thank, thank God. Thank God we're finally sitting down. And then elk started bugling. So it was just like, you get that like rush of everything's fine again. Yeah. And so we did the hunt and like, like during the, like during the hunting part that like Josh told last time, we all kind of heard about that already. Um, everything was fine. Like I didn't feel any, anything at all. But the second that we went back up on the hill after everything had like cooled down and we were just going to sit there and like get some water, get some food and like hang out. Um, all of a sudden I had the worst cramps, like leg, thigh leg cramps. Like I was just laying on the, like, I was just like, I was trying not to like, like be loud. Cause I didn't want to spook any elk. that could be <laughs> not, not to interrupt your story, but are you guys a strong believer in like bringing like mustard packets with you? If you're doing a lot of hiking for hunting. See, I have never I've like never done had, that. No. Have you ever taken <laughs> mustard when you've been cramping? Well, your dad, your dad gets bad cramps. 
And I've always like, even since like I've been around Dave and I want to like kind of do something that like would help Dave. Like I want to do it for myself too. Like I want to learn, they talk about like salt packs, like salt packets. Like that's what they do down South in the humidity. There's like other couple of things. Like, of course you've heard of pickle juice and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a salt retention thing or something that has to do like cause you. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. Dad uses a lot of pickle juice and a lot of uh, tonic, tonic, tonic water. Cause isn't potassium like really good yeah, for bananas, cream? like bananas. Mostly. But I don't think you could have enough, like they always say bananas, but I don't think you could have enough concentrated potassium to like get yourself out of a cramp. Attack. Do you think you could have like, they have to make like potassium powder in, in a sense, right? Or tablets. Well, well, there's quinine pills, but they're expensive. I mean, super expensive now to buy. Right. You but it's all like, what is that? Is that just a potassium boost or yeah. what? Wow. Well, it's weird because it's like you're always told that water, like you need water. And it does like of course you're already hydrated. That's why you're like getting that. Point. Well well, the main thing, like gin and tonic, that's we're gin and tonics, that's why the Brits always drink gin and tonics all the time. Is in the military, gin and tonic's really big because tonic water has quinine in it. If you can't walk, you can't fight. Right. So what you're telling me is I can go out and drink <laughs> gin and tonics on 25 gin and tonics. Yeah, gin, see, gin and tonic for me is absolutely. Me and Sean enjoy a good G and T. That's right. That's my that's my gambling drink of choice. Like when I'm getting uh, free drinks in Vegas, they make some damn good G T's in Vegas. Oh yeah, it's like that's all I'd probably drink. And the, they're a good sipping drink. And the Two Bear in Red Lodge. <laughs> that botanist gin oh, is yeah. stupid good. Anyways, but my brother's not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I just remember sitting up there like trying not to like scare everything by I was cramping so bad and I go to like reach in my pack. I'm like, I need to get some like hydration. Like I definitely dehydrated myself way too quick. And I go in there and I start like, I had a camel back. I had a bladder in my, my Badlands pack and I start to like try to get some water and I'm like, what the fuck? Maybe it's pinched or something. I look in there and like, there's a pinhole in it, bro. All my water was gone. All my fucking water. And so I'm like kind of like lightly freaking out, but I know like I, I could definitely get back out. And so like Josh gave me like a half a thing of his water and we ended up just like spending the rest of the day kind of just moseying back out. And then of course we get to, you know, Josh says that we should have gone back up there cause we saw the elk again. But I remember, uh, the rest of the day we decided to go, I don't know what we did for lunch. I think we just, I think it was just the time of the day. We just bounced to another spot that was like 60 miles away. And Josh and Cody had these, like the 900 antelope tag. And we saw some antelope on this bottom of this elk spot. I just stayed in the truck, dude. I was so beat. I was so like, just, I don't know. I just couldn't move. And so they went and did that. And then like, Hey, we got one more elk spot. So I hiked in. I just remember every time I like went to walk, like my top of my quads and shit and my like, you ever get like super, like when you're super tired and like worn out, like the like the the tendon on the back of your like armpit of your leg just like burns on the sides. Oh my gosh, dude! I remember having that, and then the next day, like everyone else, like they weren't showing it as much as me, but everyone else was as beat as me, and like we slept till eleven o'clock the next day. <laughs> That's some archery elk hunts like that but you've done hell you've done hell hill like 500 times now so you probably have 500 different stories or is it to the point now where it's just second nature it's it's still one of those like things where <coughs> if i have the option to not walk up it like if it's like oh we'll send two people down low down on the flats and two people up high i'm like i'm going down here i'm the flats guy <laughs> but i mean 
I would say about 60% of the time you're going to see something up there. Right. So it's kind of like risk reward kind of deal. <laughs> I'm, like not gonna let, I'm not going to let him get away with saying 60% 20%? of the time. No fucking way. Do, you don't know. You don't know Sean, you've only been up there once. That's not true. Uh, well, Ramsey, like you don't know what a 60% elk percentage is until you go hunting. I, I, didn't, I, actually, I didn't say elk. I just meant like 70-30. Well, well, that's the thing. Though, Somebody like 70-30. You, <laughs> <20 maybe. laughs> you can totally agree with you on like mule deer because every single time I went there, we saw at least... 10 mule deer. They're always yeah. on that point, dude, like on the or even the that middle side. that wavy road to get in there, there's always tons. So, I want to I want to tell my other side well, of Hill. Let me Come I on, would guy. say that like the thing I like to do when it comes to that is there's another road, but it's like 25 miles out of the way to where you can walk down from the top. I would do that every time. Right, if someone was committed to just do the extra, get up a little bit earlier and go the extra bit. Right. And then, Which, and then someone to drive and pick you up at the bottom. Because at the same time that you're like walking up, there's no way that you know whether or not you're pushing something as you're coming up. And there's like me and Sean walked it act- with dad actually this last year. The top of that goes on into like prairie or uh, meadows and all these different oh, spots. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's beautiful. It's a really prime cool. area up I, there. Uh, we, ran, we ran into a bull up there actually with Warren. Oh, yeah. Oh really? We never we we had like a highlight kind of situation where we saw something sprinting through the trees. Right. We all you kinda, could just hear. But we we walked trees, up but. and it was like, what are those? What are those bushes called that are like really thick and they can get up to like fifteen feet? Juniper? Yeah. They were they junipers? Oh yeah. But we were like walking in and it's all just small pines. I'm talking like Christmas tree size. Dude, pines. I fuck heavy with a juniper, man. There was a spot we went a couple years ago where I just stand in the middle of a juniper, dude. It was perfect cover. Right. But I mean, we're like walking through there and what was that? Is <laughs> 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 that what I did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, sorry, boys. Jesus. Children but friendly. What's on your Sean? mind, Sean? I'm pretty sure Warren was behind us. He was. Did he like disappear? Oh, he was taking a shit. Yeah, he was. And he was like well behind us. And it was like Ramsey and I walk right by this Christmas tree and we just hear boop, 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 boop. And I, I got a split second of brown in the juniper and I freaking slapped Ramsey on the arm. We dropped. We're sitting there down waiting and Ramsey starts backing up and he's just cow calling just a little bit. Warren has no idea what's going on. He just comes walking up. Right through his, the middle of the meadow. Putting his pants on. Looks around and I'm like doing this and he sees me he's like looks around and then he starts walking back all quiet and i was like <laughs> ramsey goes damn it warren what did we get we got him to you bugle. didn't see it again uh, we got him to bugle no. like one time like i screamed at him and he screamed back and it was uh, he was already half but a by the away. time he screamed i mean he was gone all right and it was all uphill so i was like yeah do you remember uh i've done hell hill a couple times with you but the, i know which one you're gonna tell okay so the one the way I like kind of, I don't do it enough as you. So the way I imagine it's kind of like a, like it's shaped like this and then it's flat on top. And then there's like a round, like this is the easier part to walk up ish. The weird thing about that though, is you're right. But the geography, when you're actually walking it, it's almost like a bunch of plateaus that you're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Cause the most like disrespectful thing about that hill is there's one spot where you're like you can see blue in the trees as you're walking up but it's just like a little lip and then you have another yeah quarter of a mile to the top so you're like 
oh, I'm almost there. And then you get to that and you're like, oh, yeah, it's this fucking ridge again. So I've been, I went there in the, with no snow. And then I'm going to talk about the time I went there with, there was like eight. I was 12, almost positive. I knew which one you were going to Eight tell. to 12 inches of snow. If not more. And you and I had walked in from the top and there was nothing up there. So this must've been rifle season. Had to have been. Are you talking about the time we went after that bull? Yeah, it was rifle season. So we ended. We actually went up the easy side. We went up it twice. Then, yeah, we walked. So we went up over there. to the wallow, and we walked up. We didn't see anything. We come down. That's and a cool wallow. Not to interrupt you, but that within is. within like the snow was so deep that it. But it was like kind of getting hot that day, so it was getting wet. And so when you're coming down the hill. Uh, you just know it was you know straight down. You've been there. Uh, once you start going, you couldn't stop. Right. So I would just let her go until I guess quit, quit moving. You would do it too. We were just like sliding. I did not have as hard a time as you to where it was fucking hilarious. The only thing I can think go. of is like Humpty Dumpty rolling down the hill. It was like, no, because you were doing it too. And I just remember like, like once we'd catch up, it was just like so painful. And like, like dude, there was some times where you would go like probably 60 or 70 yards. I'm like, Straight into a tree. Grab a tree or something. And you're just like. Ah, it was ah. pretty funny. We were fucking around, dude. Everyone else is hunting and Ramsey and I were just like. Dude, that happens so many mountain. times. Like when I hunt with Riley and Landon. We'll just be like. Yeah, fuck this shit. Let's get back to the truck. And we'll just sprint down the hill. Just being as loud as we can. I remember one time we were coming down. And these dudes were walking up and being all slow. And we sprinted by them. And they gave us the nastiest looks. And we're like, yeah, there's nothing up there. It's not even worth your guys' time. <laughs> yeah, I would have looked at you like that, too. What a bunch of idiots. So I, I had a question for Matt. Um, as far as, like, two leggings, is there, like, a like new clients that you guys get? Is Do you guys, like, kind of run over, like, how you guys operate as an outfitter with them before you go out? Yeah, we kind of tell them, like, what we're going to be doing. Or how we're going to do it. Um, pretty much we're all stock and spot. I mean, every day is different though. Yeah. Every, actually, it's not even, that's not, it's hard to explain because, like, when you think about hunting, personally, I bet you're like, you're planning out your day. And for us, it's like two sessions a day. So, like, you get a four or five hour session in the morning where you're hunting however you decide to do it, like, whatever's working. Like, you might go, to the special spot that you know that you can hike into and wait and watch and see if stuff feeds up the the drainage or like you're hiking into a spot or you're just like it's a better day to just try to find something spot in stock yeah absolutely like the problem is is we can't come in the other side of the ranch no more it's landlocked now so we can't come across there used to be like a state section then a ranch that ranch got Bot. now we can't go through there so you have like four guides and eight or ten clients at one time all starting at the same spot oh shit so when we're doing that me and dave can we already we're the first people out of there i mean we're we're doing 60 mile an hour as fast as the rangers will go trying to get out of the area right and like as far as like new newer clients do you ever get those guys that like, I mean, not the guys, but like, is there ever like an attitude where they're like, or like, let's cover ground on our, uh, on foot every oh, single day. Oh, absolutely. The, the night before I want to get in the nastiest Canyon. And I want to walk. So Dave's like, okay. They're like, yeah, we'll start the day off. I mean, we started this morning off and I mean, we were like 300 yards ahead of Dave and he beat us back to the Ranger, you know, cause dad's just slow and steady. But I mean, you can walk. 
10 miles in the morning and not see nothing. And it, it usually takes a day or two to get that out of their mindset where, Hey, let's get up high in glass and let the deer come to us. You're not going to walk them down. There's just, there's well, too much country. How many times have you heard the, Oh, what do we, uh, probably do like a hike today or something, something like that. You're like, all right, three times. <laughs> I'll a pick day. You, I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up at the bottom. I'll even be nice and put you on top and pick you up at the bottom. Yeah. It's just so much different when you're like in the mule deer rut out. Like, cause that's, I mean, wouldn't you say like 85% of what you're doing is mule deer? Oh, 90, 90%. Yeah. And so like, it's just so much different. Like you have, they're not concentrated at all. So you have to cover ground. And so like, yeah, people, some people aren't, I would say used to. Well, like I said, younger guys, the really young guys that are, like I said, in our last session, I mean, we average 150 miles a day on our Rangers and I can't show you the ranch in a week. I just, I can't do it. There's still places I've never been out there. I would say, would you, maybe, maybe not. I don't oh know. yeah, there's, there's a ton of, there's still some Matt, Matt secrets. Well, there's a, I, I know that like on the, the, not the, maybe like the northeast end, like the higher elevation part, there's like some big, um, like p- timber drainages that I was, I point out. Well, to I don't you. even think you've been on the other 10,000 acres hardly. Um, I, very brief, like very like quickly, like I haven't got out on my feet and done it, but I know there's some stuff on that, like. I would say like the middle higher elevation part of the property where you can see like big timber, like cuts and bowls that I know that like you've been in before. And like, they're probably like, Oh, they're good oh, spots. Oh, oh, for sure. There's a lot of good spots, but it's a three hour hike to get there. Yeah. So essentially you guys kind of let their, their excited attitudes work themselves out in a way where you're like, yeah, we'll let, we'll let you guys go hike. We'll let you guys go, you know, do this, but, well, well, what's really hard for me as a guide out there is, like I said, I try bettering myself every week. And if I know where there's a big buck at, I don't want to waste my time. I want to go to that right, area yeah. and try to get them to come off of the hay field, you know, where there's a ton of ton of deer. I mean, you know, we. I mean, for instance, we had another guide that we're not going to mention right now that guided for us, and we called him Hayfield Rob. I mean, that's. What he was was a filled rob. And, uh, you know, they come back at lunch. We've seen 300 deer today, and we've seen 40 bucks. And our ranger has, like, oh, fuck, we've been gone all goddamn morning, and we've seen three deer and one one decent buck. And then the, at, the next afternoon or after lunch, they'll be like, we've seen four bucks since lunch and one shooter buck that we chased. And Rob's seen another 40 deer again, you know. And it's like, well, do you want to go shoot a dink or do you want to shoot some, a Boone and Crockett? Yeah. Something worth your time, well, like, man. Let me put it in like easy terms for, uh, for, uh, our 20, 18 to 24 year old audience. It's called, it's like camping essentially in video games <laughs> where you're like the, they would just go down there and camp the field. And there's, that's your hunting the spot where obviously the, like the, there is a concentration of deer on the hay fields always will be, but they're. They're not, I don't know, they're just not, they're not mature enough. They're right. all young deer. And I feel like a lot of the, I mean, it, I would think that some clients that you guys get out there, like, take their hunting experience too much into consideration for the land that they've never hunted on before. Would you guys say that's a... Well, you've had so much more experience doing it where it's like, 
in my short time, I had all really good dudes. Like I, I enjoyed them. Like I actually, like I like Instagram friends with a couple of them. Like, like I made relationships with them. Like they're I've never had no, a bad. No, one. no, in all honesty, I did. God, we've been doing this since '85, and I don't even think we can count on one hand how many bad guys we've had. Which, which I feel like, I mean, that's just a mentality you have when you go like to a place to get guided out of state. I would hope that you you would set your ego aside and listen to what yeah, yeah what why the would guy you that pay you're paying to an X amount of money to not listen to the guy you're paying. Well, wouldn't you say for a lot of these guys it's basically like it's their Disneyland trip and so they're already coming in like more excited than anything? Well, our biggest problem is is we've had the same guy since probably 85 to 88 89 that keep coming. So we really only have a good year, maybe six new spots. Okay. I mean, my dad's had, we, I mean, we have had clients since 85 that's been coming every year. See, that's what's cool for me is I got all new guys. Like I, cause Dave's got relationships built. Like he knows how to take these guys out. Like uh, one of the favorite guys that I met and actually Ramsey and I met him the first time because we had to go save Dave up on top of the, uh, the, the, the big end there. <laughs> His name is Bill, right? Bill, yep. Bill yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Santa Claus. That dude was super funny to like. Like he was a character, and he was really funny to talk to. And like basically, like him and Dave, like they're just like at this point, they're just two old dudes that like go back and forth. Um, they're battery. Cool. I mean, they just brag on each other the whole time. I yeah. mean, yeah, it was funny because he rode with me on the way out. Yeah, he's like. I don't even care if I shoot anything. I come out here to, to see Dave. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's kind of funny because, like, the attitude you get when you when you hunt one certain spot for quite some time. Like, I feel like for me, I always kind of, like, overthink how to hunt a spot like that. Like, you, are, you know, you're always, like, going through because you know so much about that location that you're that – you're you just overthink everything, but I feel like Matt and Dave have hunted there so long that they don't second guess themselves. They know the spots. They know where to go. Well, the cool thing is, is we took the, the owner out last year. He drew a rifle elk tag and it was pretty cool hunting with him. And, uh, they own the ranch and we were showing him roads that they didn't even know that the were even on the property. Jeez. You know, and he's like, Oh, I need to, Doze this road, and, you know, and and uh, thank God he survived from cancer. He he was doing pretty bad, but pulled through, and and we didn't get to cut the roads in, but we'll cut them in this year. But we had a big fire out there last year, so that took took a lot of time. Got to be pretty cool to get him on the pod, huh? Oh yeah, he could tell some stories. He's a character. He'd have to probably have the. Uh, we probably have to have a four and a half hour. It'd, it'd be like Lonesome Dove. Yeah, and you probably have to have like the the beep button. Yeah, it, it would be, be censored. Yeah. It have to be censored. <laughs> it's either going to be can a practice 20, with Dave because it's either going to be a twenty-minute podcast or an hour and a half. Right. Yep. Right. But I don't know. I I would say that like the little experience that I've had, like honestly, the elk hunters are way more rough than than the guys. Oh, absolutely. Because like their expectation, like they're they watch too much TV. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, they're like, "Oh, I think I'm, I'm going to go down here and do this." And it's like, "Well, there's not going, there's no elk down. <laughs> there's not like where you, you don't know where you're going, like, but have at it." Like, and there was this one this year that was just 
Dave had him for a rifle tag and the guy like really was, I mean, I'm sure Dave didn't really care, but to me on the outside coming in, like being around, it was just kind of uncomfortable because like he was kind of like aggressive. Well, he just make like kind of like arrogant comments and just like, like, and it was just like, I don't know. Like I, I kind of like, like it's just kind of weird to like have him. And what's, like that. what's the, what's the two leggings motto on handling guys like that? You know, it's, it's just like a business. The customer is always right. So if that's what they want to do, yep. we're going to do it at the end of the day. You're the one paying me. I mean, for instance, we had a guy come up that was a celebrity, a big celebrity. I mean, you guys know him if, if I told you the name and he told Dave, he's, I'll never forget it. He said, Dave, you're my celebrity. He said, I hire you. You're my celebrity. You know, right. I'm good at acting. You're good at hunting. I'm going to do what you tell me to. That'd and, be nice uh, to have every time. Yeah. <laughs> And then you kind of have your shitheads once in a while, but at the end of the day, there's this, the same paying people and Dave puts his pants on the same way and he don't treat, he don't treat somebody high up there or low down any different. Yeah. I would say like for someone that doesn't really like know like Dave very well, um, his like, like 98% of his life is just smiles, man. Like just always happy. So like, that's how he guides too. is like basically like, how can I like, here's a cookie. Uh, God damn it. How many times I've heard Dave, I got a cookie for you. <laughs> take a cookie, take a pack of cookies. You know, he's like, cause when you're guiding, it's like, imagine you're, imagine you're, you're like on a cruise ship, right? And you go on an excursion to go snorkeling and the whole time they got like coolers everywhere. And they're like, Hey, take a drink. Take like, that's what you have to like. You have to be, you have you, to, you have to have a positive attitude because you're, it will reflect on your clients if you don't. Well, not only are you like the experience, you're the hunting experience. You're also like, you're catering to like, make it the best experience you can for them. Well, so I think the worst thing is, is we went from a five day hunt. Now we're only four days and the five days, the first two days, you know, the first day, no one's going to shoot. I mean, you can have 10 guys in camp. Once someone draws blood, they all draw blood. I mean, it's just bam, bam, bam. But usually the first two days, you're just driving around getting to know the country. Right. And would you say that like the actual like memory that your clients will make with two leggings? Would you say it's more so like the the stuff that comes with the hunting, not just not not just the actual pursuit? No, 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 for sure. It's more the atmosphere. Like I said, we we have another guy named Randy Beckler that comes. He's been with us forever, and if he breaks out the Crown Royal at eight o'clock in the morning, you know we're just driving around the rest of the day. We're not the guns get put away, and we're just drinking and driving around. And he'll go sit on a rock for three, four hours. And he'll say, Hey, just let me out. Come get me about noon. He'll just sit up there and he's like, this is my five days to enjoy my time with Dave. But most of the clients come to just BS with Dave. I mean, um, and the food, I mean the food, you can have a bad day hunting, but the food makes up to, uh, makes up for the whole, whole bad day. But as far as a guide goes, the first, you got it last year, the first day or two is kind of fun. And then after that, it's stressful as hell for the guide because when you're not seeing nothing or you'll see good bucks the first day. And that's why we at two leggings, it's kind of different because if you shoot your deer the first day or the last day, you're not done. A lot of outfitters, you shoot the first day, you're done. You're going to camp. That's where you sit the rest of the week. Right. Or you're taking the airplane home. And, you know, at two leggings, Dave takes you. Once you shoot, you go turkey hunting or coyote hunting or fishing or upland game birds or waterfowl or whatever's open 
you pay for five days of enjoyment and you're going to enjoy five days. Well, what I kind of liked is like the guys that I got to meet and apprenticeship for, um, were a father and son. And, then, and those are the best. And then, uh, like two best friends. So like they were there, not only were they were there for themselves, like the father and son had just as much enjoyment out of seeing like the other one, like could be successful. And like, so like the whole time, everyone's always excited for each other. So it's not like when one guy's done, he's just in the backseat flipping around on his phone. Like they were, they were in like in tune with it the whole time. No. And I think, cause usually we do two people per guide max, maybe three if it's a father and two sons. But I think the guy, after he pulls the trigger, I think he hunts harder for his buddy than he did for himself. Well, yeah. Uh, even example of like, so uh, there was, was a, we talk about this way before Matt was here, even when we were hunting. Um, it's crazy how much hunting I get to do. Cause I get to, I got an apprentice last year for like 10 days with, with Dave. And then I hunted like 15 days. Like I got to do a lot last year and it was the worst hunting year of my life. Like the, the mule deer was, was insanity. There was no deer. And it was the same at this big ranch. And so what we had done is we, I had been seeing this one buck in the spot every day. And it was the last day this kid was there. And so like he had a full, he had a full day. They left the, the, you know, the next morning. And so I was like, well, you have a choice to make this morning. Cause we passed on him twice now. He's a, uh, like a 140, 150 buck. Like it wasn't anything too crazy. Um, I said, do you want to shoot your first mule there? He's not, he's not a giant, but this is the most, this is, he was the only buck that was rutting. Um, and he was the only one we saw consistently. I was like, I, I can't promise you that we're going to see another one, but I will fight. I will, I will strive to find you another one. And he's like, no, I, I, this buck has my name on it. So first thing in the morning, sure. Shit. Like I, right where I thought he was going to be was right there. It was literally, we got, a, we got to a spot that we could get up and put a stock on. We bumped him. He couldn't get a good shot. So him and I both, like I had him run with me, grabbed his gun. We ran and oh man, two, two, two ex football players. Like this kid was actually, uh, he's either like a year older than me at the same age. And, uh, we were like running and we both like had to stop for a second. Like, Holy shit. We're, <laughs> we're a little out of shape. And then we like crest this hill and he made a wonderful shot at like 30. It was a close shot. Cause the buck didn't move. He was just on the other side of this hump, made the shot, got this deer. And so the day was essentially done for him. Well, uh, the other group of guys had tagged out. And so I don't remember why we made the decision, but it was like the other guy that was there. He's like, Hey, I'm, I can take the dad along and, uh, we can go to the spot that I saw buck earlier and see if he's there. And I was like, well, to this kid, I was like, do you want to come? You can, I'm going to go skin this deer. And then we can go look for these sheds that I had marked, you know, just for fun. You know, you could take one home if you wanted. We may have told the story already where he went, ended up going home with like a 370 inch set. Cause I didn't know it anyways, regardless. Um, and he's like, no, he's like, uh, he's like, I do want to do that, but I'm thinking about it. And I want to, I want to see my dad. I want to see my dad Absolutely. shoot a deer. And so, and he ended up going with him. And in a matter of like 20 minutes, they radio me and they're like, Hey, uh, can you come get us? Uh, we shot a deer. And so, he got a, you know, experience, you know, he got the experience to shoot with Huntland's dad still. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's huge. Yeah. My best hunt that I've ever done was a father or son that shoot the dad saved up for like nine years to do a once in a lifetime trip. And we shot the turkey, 
two turkey, two deer, a limit of pheasants, and three grouse that day. All on one day. It was like a trip of a lifetime. Yeah, they'll never forget that. Yep. So that's why, like, and I talk about this, like, you know, obviously we're not coming on here to just talk about guiding all the time, but now that Matt's here, it's it's kind of a conversation topic. But it's, it's prevalent. But my thing to like that I like to talk about is like these are these are fair chase hunters, and it's like they're real life people. They're not like your annoying boat billionaire. Like, welcome to my ranch. <laughs> I take you know what I mean. It's like you're getting real like. You're getting memories, dude. It's like, it's fun. I mean, for everybody. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I never, the whole time I was out there last year, everyone was super happy. And even the first guys didn't even shoot. So, and they were still happy. So, yeah. But I guess too, like in that, the hell hill, my hell hill story, um, like we had done the hell hill part. And then when we had got back down below, we ran into those guys. They're like, dude, we shot a bull and he ran right towards you guys. I'm like, what? So we like, went kind of back towards where we had come out of the trees fresh. There's literally a pile of blood and these guys had already given up. Like they're just like, whatever, like that's the kind of shit that like, we don't like, like they wounded this bull and then never looked for it. So Ramsey and I are like, let's go try and see if we can at least put him down and like, I'll tag it. Like he's not, his meat's still good. You know, we tracked this bull four and a half miles forever and ever and yeah, ever 12 to 16 straight up that hill. It would go like, like 30 yards lay down. Like it would lay down to the point. Like there was a point where he put his, his uh, horns in the snow and there was a perfect imprint. That was a big bull of his too. beam, like just laying in the, in the snow. Cause he was that like fatigued from getting shot. And then he went into this thickest shit, dude. And we're just like, this so you remember where the, the ridge back is up on top. Mm -hmm. There's that one spot right in the middle where all the animals go. Through. It kind of looks like a wall, like oh, a yeah. stone wall. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know what it looks like on the other side of that? It's like super just super like, thick like deadfall and all that shit. You can't even walk through it. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Because he went it, into that. Because it, it, it drops and then curves out, right? A little bit. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It just yeah. goes into like the thickest. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like that. So we had done that. We'd done Hill Hill twice in this. He could have been like, 100 yards further, but I just, it's so thick. Dude, it there. was brutal. And we're just like, and you get so excited every time you're like, oh, dude, this thing's got to be like right around the corner because it's and I pile, think pools of blood every time it laid down. That was half of our problem. I think if we did just bust it out, like go up straight there, up the hill instead of following his. Because what we did is we zigzagged and followed his tracks. But how do you know he's going to go straight up the hill? Like he could have definitely veered off and went right. And I mean, there's no running up that hill. But anyways, I remember that night too. Like where it's just like you get back to the to the restaurant and you're just like, I'm going to eat five thousand calories and pass out for a day. Oh yeah, or sit in the hot springs. So I guess why I went to this is. Uh, like with Ramsey and I really getting heavy into like trying to drop like seventy pounds before hunting season. Like there's times of like like I didn't realize how bad I like let myself go like some of the shit that at the gym I'm like whoa <laughs> whoa this is way too hard and so like in all these situations did you guys ever find yourself where you're like you've reached that point of like where you have to push like you have to like take that extra step I, to like to tell your mind like I can keep walking my mentality of just the way that I'm built is. He's built different. <laughs> Not even that, but like built for you, you, <laughs> you said it too. Like my mind will push my body to because I, I just I hate losing. 
So like if Sean's still going, I'm still going. I know, but there's that point in your body where your body's like, dude, you're going to, you can't do this anymore. And then your mind, I'm like, in all these situations that you guys get to that point where you're just like, keep going, keep going. Oh yeah. Like so, move one leg, one foot in front of the other and just keep going. I, oh, yeah. I worked with this guy and the one thing, one of the things he said to me just stuck with me and he's like, always just think, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to be in a nice warm bed waiting for tomorrow and that's always stuck with me so like when i get to that point i'm just like i just got to keep going because i'm going to be in bed at some point today like i just well your mind will just play tricks on you and when you're when your body wants to quit it's not up to your body it's up to your mind because you can push your body way farther than it than it thinks it can go Well, oh for sure well you guys know more than anybody like kind of what the shit like mentally that i've gone through this year and like I'm going to tell you like this also was kind of brought up because I went fishing with Josh a couple weeks ago and this is a particular spot where like your 95% is just hiking all day, right? You're hiking to holes. Like there's some quarter mile stretches of the river where there's, or this, it's like a Creek river that like you don't fish cause it's not fishable. And, uh, I was halfway down it and this is like the first time I've, I don't know, not pushed it, but like done something outside of my comfort zone in like eight months. And like, I got to a point where I was like, I got that like lightheaded feeling and like, I was just like, I, like instantly, like my mental thing was like, just jerk reaction. Like, oh, you have to stop. And then I was like, I just sat there for, and this is what like has clicked for me to like kind of completely like 180 my life right now. And like, I sat there and I was like, I just like ate a piece of, uh, like this gr- uh, protein bar. And I was just like, dude, you can do this. Like, why, why are you mentally cutting yourself down to tell yourself you can't do this? Like you're just fishing. And then I just hiked for another like two miles that day. And it was just like, like to show that you're like your mind. Well, and it's also about the, I mean, the, honestly, the, the chase of an animal is a adrenaline rush. Right. Oh yeah. Even if you haven't shot at that animal, I mean, even the fact to get in a position to be able to, to harvest something is, is a huge adrenaline rush. Well, I feel like to be like, an advanced hunter anymore like you have to get to that willpower thing where you just like you're just going to do it like let your let your mind stop stop don't let your mind stop you from the things that you can do i think to become like professional in your mindset with hunting is to lose that mentality that if i was in those trees right now i would be loving my life the moment that that's gone you're gonna be like holy shit do you ever get the like, uh, I've done it. Like, oh, I'm getting far from the truck deal. Or like, like when you're hiking back, you're like, oh, I'm almost back to the truck. Like, I think if once I start losing that mentality, where it's like, just keep going, because like, that's how Josh is. Josh just goes until it's like fucking dark. Well, that, and then that's the thing. Like, I mean, Ramsey's seen it before. It's like, I, I, I don't even think of, of, you know, the hike out, like my thought process while I'm doing that is just beeline. Like I'm just going and I want to see more ground. And I don't, I, I don't think I've honestly ever had that feeling except for that story I told, but I mean, honestly, that was on the way back. So it was, it was a little different, but as far as like the hike in to find stuff, I don't know if I've ever really had that. I did that. I wish I didn't have that. I tell you, Sean kind of like, pisses me off sometimes because <laughs> like i'm the kind of person where i'll like 
walk 40, 50 yards and then I'll stop and look around and, you know, whatever. And like in that time that I stop and look around the two or three minutes, I'll look up and Sean's like 200 yards away from me. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I got to catch up to this. Right. He gets, it's funny because every time we are tree hunt together, it's like he gets mad when I get in front of him. Cause because he feels like he's going to miss out on the first opportunity. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's part of that. Some of it is that, but I, I, he's always like, he always gives me like the, cause like he says, he'll do the, he'll do the walk for a while and stop and I'll get a little ahead of him. And then I'll, I'll hear him like trying to whisper, yell like, Hey, Hey, quit walking so fast. Like, hang, like, hang on. And he gets, he gets so mad every time. It's funny. And I feel like it's well, because someday. he, he does want to be up there with me, but it, I mean, it, it could be part of his, his, uh, you know, his cardio just isn't up to par, but also it's probably because that's just the way he hunts. Cause he likes to do that. I well, have been in so many instances out. where like you stand in a spot and look around and you kind of like you were saying in the last episode, you know, you glass a spot for 10, 20 minutes and move 20 feet. Mm-hmm. And then you see a deer. Like I've ran in that instance so many times where like I'll be walking and you don't see something you walk you know another hundred yards in right where you just were there's like a deer or something walking through and i don't know um but no i think uh are we good here boys you got anything to add anyone else I think we're good i think that wraps it up not what it does all right we'll uh we'll catch you on the next, next week <laughs> <laughs> i almost had you mike we'll see you guys later Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.